Welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. This week we're going to do a derby preview at the end. We've got a special guest in from Rams View in the uh, uh, Derby County Supporter. Better than Rams Bottom is what I say, but there you go. Depends what you're looking at. With well, the the Rams, Rams Bottom. Uh, we're going to look back at the Brentford and uh, a quick look back at the Brentford and Millwall games. Gareth's going to got some stats for us, and then we're going to discuss the current situation at the club, which I think we all find to be pretty serious. So, without further ado, we'll crack on. Oh, before I do, I just mention that uh, I'm here, Barry. We've got Gareth, Rob, Paul, Mick, and Dan. Hi. Greg's not here this week, but he sent me in some interesting stats, which I'll read out on his behalf afterwards. Anyway, Gareth. Have you got some stats from the Brentford game on Saturday for us, please? Yes, the stats from the game, Wigan Athletic versus Brentford. Possession, Athletics managed 52%, Brentford 48. Attempts, Athletics 8, Brentford 12. On target, Wigan managed 3 and Brentford 4. Wigan committed 8 fouls, Brentford 15. Wigan had 2 yellow cards, Brentford had 5. Fortunately, no reds. And no goals either, nil-nil. And then we move on to Millwall, Gareth. Uh, similar stats or slightly different? Similar stats but slightly different, yes. Uh, again, Wigan versus Millwall last night. Possession Latics, 56%. Millwall, 44%. Attempts, 11 to Wigan and 5 to Millwall. We actually managed 4 attempts on target according to this. And Millwall just won. We committed 12 fouls. Millwall committed 20 they got three yellow cards, we can, didn't get any cards at all, and neither could, did we get any goals. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. And those two games, for me, what I find very disappointing is the fact that um, we're, not going, we're not picking up more bookings and we're not committing more fouls. People might say, what are you talking about? That's a stupid thing to say. But I believe in our position in the table, we should be scrapping like dogs and we should be getting stuck in, which is one of the things that we're not doing, and that's what, what, where we are, why we are, where we are. Anybody want to just come in and, and uh, give us a 10 penny worth? No, I, I agree with you on that, Barry, because <clears throat> we were waxing lyrical last week about the uh, wonderful performance we put up against um, Forrest, uh, in respect of it was an improvement on the previous game before that. <clears throat> if you look at the stats, stats for that, we picked up some cards. You know, the foul count was quite up there. But that's because we actually got a little bit passionate about the game and we got stuck in. It's been a letdown these last two games because the players have seemed, ah, well, you know, we made our point against Forrest, so therefore we'll just meander on again and just turn up. And it's as if that's what they are doing. They're just turning up, getting through it, and then going on. And that is what's annoying me. Do you think there's a little bit of fear in there? They're a little bit scared of going in and actually getting stuck in there no, no I don't think so I don't think so I just don't think they've been motivated into doing it at the moment um, if they're frightened of going in and getting stuck in they should be on the field let's face it you're not supposed to pick up yellow cards you know you can say they're not going to cost you getting stuck in I, 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 I think when Dan said fear I think it, the fear for me is not that they won't get stuck in because they will the, the fear is that it goes wrong things yeah. going wrong and when you've got the chairman coming in the bloke who owns the club saying you're good players have some confidence get forward, attack, score goals win the game you've less fear for it going wrong that, 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 to, that to me is, is where it is it's upstairs, it's in the reds it's mental they, they, they will play balls instead of trying to cut the defences apart You'll play a safer ball, you'll retain possession. Don't play any balls though. No, the shit. Sorry for swearing, but we are. You, you look We're at, awful. You, you look at the. The, playing, look, the manager. Playing to the manager. No, the, I, he's not motivated. He doesn't know what he's doing. You look at he's not a clue. Rosler's not a clue what's going on with that team. Rosler has lost the plot. He lost it, Bournemouth away, showed everything. And since then, he's, try, he's, he's treading water. He's trying as much as he can, week in, week out. He's changing personnel left, right, and centre yeah. to try and find somebody that fits. He what he's, he's doing is trying, trying, trying to try yeah. left, right, and centre. He's panicking. He's doing that, and what he's doing is not letting them players develop a partnership. We you can't afford to. We need to. You can't afford to. We need well, to. Look at the end of the day, right? Look at Charlton. Charlton Sam, a full team of players in summer. They've had no problems all integrating together. We've had half of this squad was here last season. 
But there should not be part partnerships yeah. already farming. Midfield's an area where you can where you can defend it and say, Well we lost our key man, MacArthur, and we've not had a performance since he's left. And that's the only way you can say that there's oh, but that I, that's the case. But everybody it's, it's not good right. enough. It's not let, good let, enough. Let me let me throw I've I've done a I went for a statistic here. Let me throw this at you and I'll throw it at you as a bit of a quiz question. Right? They've picked up four points in the four games. Four games unbeaten. Apart from when Rosler did it himself last season, where he set very high standards, which is not what he's now being judged against, when was the last time we went more than four league games in a season unbeaten? Paul, we've played Millwall and Brentford at home, mate, I, last two home games, I, and we've served up a load of shite. There's nothing else to be celebrated. We had four <laughs> shots on target. We have, and three of them were P-rollers from outside how many, how many times It's been crap. How many times you had Fortune got through and then fell over his own feet? You know, he did all the hard work down in nothing, the corner. I don't remember seeing anything like that because once we got to that final third, nothing happened. How many times were people scared of sticking the foot through it last night and having a crack? It's upstairs. If, if those guys are in anything like form, they'd have stuck the foot through it and scored. Well, said, look at that, alright then. James McLean's been away at international duty, picks up man at match, the two games running. Comes in. He was the worst player on the pitch. Well, that's, that's Sean Maloney. Yeah, I've never so seen it. So has he turned shite overnight? Well, it looks like it, doesn't it? Because that's what they're serving up, mate. Who's responsible for. for he's. Look at that record. <coughs> what is it now? 31 games, 6 wins, mm. or 25 in 27. Well, look at that record. Look look at at that record. It's rubbish. It's not good enough. And get him out. We're no. playing rubbish. Get We've him out. Lost. We've got it, four games. But, when was the last time? Paul, if when we draw it again for the rest of the season, we'll go down. Last time we beat that, we went more than four games undefeated. Season 2011-12 in the running. No. It was earlier than that. First season in the Premier League. It goes back to November 2008. Steve Bruce was in charge when they put a five-game unbeaten run together. Yeah. That's the last time they went four games unbeaten. Did, so they, sc did they score any goals in them? Oh yeah, there was a couple of wins in there. So, so as a run, it was much better. But you know, because <coughs> of the boss is trying to death. He's I, so but it, it's not his safety. It's, it's play. It's trying to play safe. Trying to pick something up and find something put a platform together to build on. But the, the lads at Brentford said it last week, chop and change, chop and change, find a settled side and then suddenly they went on a run. He's what? not going to do it though, is he? He's not. Would you have imagined that he could come in and do it with Owen Coyle's team that were doing as shit as we were last season? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have put a penny on that happening. And he's the man that did it. And yet now nobody give him, gives him five but minutes. But the difference, as we alluded to earlier, <coughs> Mick alluded to earlier, was the midfield. The Gomez and MacArthur in midfield, that's a massive thing that's gone. And Rossler's replaced those, his recruits, who so far have not produced the goods in my opinion. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I, I, you know, I was saying a couple of weeks ago the midfield was where we struggled. Mm. At the moment he's got 27 games, his last 27 matches, and with 5 wins in that, out of 27 games mm. and 12 defeats. That's relegation form. Whatever way we look at it, we're in relegation form. And what his objective is this season isn't to stop in this division, it's to get us out, not through the trapdoor, but upwards. Now, when we t people talk about Martinez and how things were, were then, and we used to go through these runs with him, but his objective was to finish 17th in the league. That was, his, that was success. This is different. He isn't, if this is results-based, he isn't meeting his objectives by a long shot. There's no way, no. We, is there any way any of us really believe that we could push for a top six spot? Not now. With, Not with now. what we've got. I, I, don't think, mean, I think we've got, I think you've got, we've got good players. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think we've got a rubbish manager who doesn't know what he's doing. I'll be honest with you. It, oh, I, th I think you've got a demoralised squad and he's, but why he's demoralised? trying too many different... Elbows why they're demoralised. I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Is it the angle from QPR? No, because it was no. terrible before that, Paul. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> it was shocking pre-season. Mismanaged that pre-season. That was absolutely it's, it's shocking. It's not just the 13 games this season, is it, what we're talking about here. We're going back here to that FA Cup semi-final. We can count on one hand 
performances, never mind results. I think it's not good enough. I, d- I don't think it's just down to the gaffer. I think the players have to take a good, long, honest look at themselves as well. Especially when you're hearing stories of players turning against the manager because they didn't get transfer moves and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then, I'm sorry, but the players shoulder a lot of the responsibility here. Yes, players have gone away and against the world champions, they've been getting Man of the Match awards. They've been going away for an international weekend and bagging goals. Why can't they actually hit the ball in the direction of the goal for Wigan? Well, Sean Maloney wasn't playing regular for us before he went away with Scotland for a start. James McLean's been injured since pre-season because he was trained too hard and he went over on his ankle. So he's been out most of the early season and he's only just come back. His first game back was against... Forest once it's second half he came on against Forest and tore a strip off them. You're making a very, very strong case indeed. I came into this sort of half and half, but everybody here seems to be extremely angry with what's happened in the last couple of games. I think we're all angry because we're passionate about the club and we want yeah. what's best for the club and we want to see our club. Jonathan Jackson last season sat down with, with, with us all and there's a recording of it somewhere and he said, he said, this season we're going to try and get promoted. He said, but next season we have to get promoted for the long term future yes, of the club. He did say that. And that's this season he was talking about. So you worry when the chap holding the push strings and di- putting the money in different, you know, knows the balance sheets, says that this is the season we have to go up, otherwise it could turn on itself. That's you worry. Not, it is from a money side of things, but if you look at. The hope for us is, you look at what Burnley built their squad with last season, they built it with no money. And Derby, to some degree, up until last couple of seasons, they had no money. They don't. They just managed to build a squad good enough. Derby, twenty nine thousand fans a week. Burnley, twenty thousand supporters a week. We're pulling in ten now. Well, Burnley was only average. We averaged more than Burnley last season, you know. Really? Yeah, but their, their ticket prices are a lot higher. Okay. But uh, my point is, you can build, you can still build a good side on nothing. Mick McCarthy, he's spent fifty grand since he's been there. He's got them to a top six side. Charlton spent nothing, lost one or two games so far this season. It's about having the right people in your club, and I don't think we have at the minute. I don't, and I don't mean the players. I think we've got some good players. I think as Rosler's hands been tied with. In not being allowed to bring his own backroom staff, is that could be an issue. But then again, it's, there's nothing we can do about that now. We've got to act. Well, that's it. Yeah, I, I've met Rosler, and I tell you what, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. I met Owen Cole. Owen Cole was a gentleman. So it's no reflection on them as people. This, it's, it's the job in hand, isn't it? Of course, it is. What, what, they've got to get this job in hand done. The, the chairman must have liked what he heard from Uwe uh, Rosler, and what his philosophy on taking the club forward was about. So why, and Mate, the rest of the club? We all like what we heard. We all liked high-pressing football, breaking into the box, ten seconds from winning the ball to having the shot. We loved it. We thought this is the way to go. So when have we played like that? He so was doing it at the time. When? When? Birmingham and Reading played. Yes. Yeah. For, for seventy minutes. Birmingham like and Reading, two games out of two games. This is going back. Blackpool for forty-five minutes. And Bolton at home for thirty minutes. His yeah. first game. And then we were knackered. We came, in, in a few games last season, we came out of the blocks. First 10 15 minutes, we played really well. And that's when Rosler was banging on about the fitness a lot of the time, saying we're not fit enough. And then you're thinking, oh, well, we can't do it for a full 90, or we couldn't even do it for a full half at that point. But there was signs there that it was going to improve. And what's happened since then? We've gone completely backwards. We're nowhere near, we're nowhere near as good as a start. We was after he'd been here for a couple of months. We've gone completely backwards, and he's the man in charge. He's, the book stops with him at the end of the day. We started this season as favourites for promotion. Well, I'm just looking back at the 13 results. There's two little wins in there, two home wins against Blackpool and Birmingham. As Rob's just said, we started very poorly. You know, we drew against Reading. And then two defeats, then got beat with the Burton. I don't think any of us could believe that. But then we're up a little bit with two wins. But since then, 30th of August, we beat, we beat Birmingham 4-0. Since then, we've managed to th- draw three games. Sorry, lose three games and draw five. It's pathetic. Yeah. How long can this go on? And Sacking. been nil-nils. Nil-nils. Gareth, Gareth you, go back, you go back to that win against Birmingham. <laughs> 
and the transfer dealings on deadline day the sun shone out of his ass for most people got a few bad results and that's it everybody's like right get you up get you up no good get rid of him well alright that's very well, well, it's it's well, a 30 well, game them. blip you know what I mean? Pizza. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we've, Paul, we've been absolutely shocking. It's not like th- them win, right, two wins this season. Look at them statistics, though. There's no point burying your head in sand, mate. How many performances have we had? It's been utter shite. We all <laughs> thought Birmingham was, was the catalyst, didn't we? We thought it was going to kick on, but yeah. we didn't. didn't we, we didn't. See, that was like a, no, the I, one I, swallow I, that didn't make the summer. Why? Why, though? That's, that's we saw against Could it be, I've just asked, putting this out on the table now, could it be that Rosler isn't the man we all thought he was? Could it be that, could it be that he, <coughs> that he, that the people at the club don't like him, that the players don't like him, could it be that he's not got a clue about tactics? Just, could it be that? I've just asked, could it be that? Could it? I'm not saying it is, but yeah. could it be no, that? Another thing, right. Right. I think some of it is the cold harsh realities of the English Championship, the inexperience that Rosler has. All he has experience of is the lower leagues. Maybe you can get away with doing that stuff, the high pressing, pushing your players, all that sort of stuff in the lower leagues. But well, Leicester did it, Burnley did it, and they both went up last season playing that, type, that brand of football. Yeah, perhaps he did look at those and think that's the way we've got to play. But then, unfortunately, he talks about Borussia Dortmund when we met, met up with him. That's right. This is where he wants us and to be. And again, to be I fair, was myself. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We were going from Martinez playing the Barcelona way, and now we're going to play like Borussia Dortmund. This is brilliant. Again, to be fair, at the we time, we Brentford. We were playing extremely well at the time. We were doing that, but it has—it's just completely melted away into nothing, nothingness since. But as the confidence goes. Confidence in the system goes, your confidence in the manager goes, the confidence in your own ability goes. So what do you do then, as, as, as the owner of the club, what do you do? If it, weren't, if it weren't a football club, if it was a business and you've got mm. an owner of a business and you've brought in a manager to run your plant and you see all this going and you, he's not hitting his targets as results, what do you do? Uh, Dave Whelan's a football man, okay? We all know he's played the game at top level, we know he knows the game. He's also been in charge of a football club for a long time. He's had some good managers. He's had some absolute dross managers. He knows the difference. And he knows what goes on behind the scenes. If there was a serious, serious problem, he would have dealt with it already. But there isn't. Right? What there is, is probably something which is, yes, I like his ethos, I like his theories. The players need the time to buy into it. Are we going to see a big, massive shake-up of staff going? and coming in in January and he's sticking by the manager because he likes what he, what he can do um, or I'll tell you what Mick if we see a lot going we'll not see a lot coming back in because that's where we'll get whittled down because there's no money there's no money coming in next season that's one thing that might happen I'm talking about January coming up that's what I'm on about Sean Maloney Roger Espinosa even Ivan Ramos possibly Callum McManaman James McLean right sell them if they don't want to buy in if they're not saying they might want to buy in they might, they might want to be successful with Wigan Athletic but I'm sorry but what I've seen in the last couple of matches none of them have convinced me of that why what, what is it what's not convincing you of it because they don't seem to be want to play with one another are, are they playing to instructions though are they being told it's James Savernia we heard he was this fantastic wing back buzzed up and down the line Never went, forward. Never went to above that halfway. In the last two Why? Games, in the last two games, what because position was McManaman picked at? Well, no, because in training, you, you, they do drills, and they play these games out in drills, and they play, and, and it's drilled into them, and drilled into them, and drilled into them. So on a Saturday or a Tuesday night, when they go out on the field, they just carry out that drill again. So if they had it drilled into them, not to go above the halfway line, then they don't. And that's why you don't get support. Don't bomb into the box because what you're doing, you're leaving gaps behind you, so you can't do that. Instead of getting into the box, let's flood the box. You come across and cover. None of that's happening. It's well, sort of players that manage situations on a pitch as well. Correct, look, correct, if, if, if you, a yes. manager gives you an, an instruction as a player, obviously you've got to take that on board. Say, for example, if you're winning, you're two-one up in a game, and you're a fullback, and you say, right, you don't go beyond the halfway which is not a concern for us we've not been winning the game until you won but the point is if he's saying don't go beyond that point you you might get you know an exceptional circumstances where their play might slip over and there's a great chance 
you can bomb on, you can thread a ball through, whatever. It's up to the players sometimes to take that responsibility on the pitch. Mm. Uh, but, like you said, they are drilled in how to play, so... But there's an element of that players have got to take some responsibility, but he's the one who's preparing them for every single game and has done for, for the last 30 games that have been served if, up. If any them. player, if any player, I'm sorry I've got to butt in on this one, but if any player's been drilled, you've got to do it this way, you've got to do it that way, you shouldn't be playing bloody football. Well that's what they do, you know what I mean? Well, well if they're doing that, they then do. they should be caught. You do that at City, Barcelona, Real Madrid. They do drills. They drill, of course they do they drills. drills. That's part of training. Is that? Yeah, they do. It's not they drills what? at all, they do team moves. Right? But what's the difference? Uh, the, 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 there's a big difference in that what you've got to do is with a drill, right? With a drill, is so right, we're going to pass the ball over there, you're going to move. No, what about no. the opposition? Right? You've got to be taught how to play football against an opposition. So you've got to take into consideration well, they what they're going to do. They do. Right? You're talking, and the way he's saying it's about these drills is that. If we try to do this, it is going to work. No, you've got a yeah. set of 11 lads in front of you. You've got to learn how to cope with things falling down. We don't seem to be able to do that. I, th I, th I think there's two aspects to that. What Rob's saying about taking responsibility. On one hand, if, <laughs> if you're trying to take that responsibility, you do not want to screw up. And therefore, everybody is passing backwards and sideways and trying not to give the ball away. And then, when we had Martinez, you'd pass the ball back to Ali Alabsi, who'd then pass it further across the box. Scott Carson doesn't want to run the risk of getting caught out, putting his defenders in trouble, looking like a clown, giving away the goals we used to give away against yeah, Martinez. impression of it last so, night, Paul. Well, he, he did it once, <laughs> but what he tends to do, that's when you get the big boot stuck through. You know, Scott Carson, it's it for James Putch on the, or when Putch were playing, onto his head. Now, that's not something that it just does off his own bar, that's something that they've drilled in training. They've practiced that, haven't they, Mick? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I th another thing to add to that is, I, I, you, you look at the team, the, the starting lineup, Bournemouth, four changes, Forest, three changes, Wolves, three changes, Brentford, four changes, Millwall, three changes, now that, that to me smacks of a gaffer that's Panicking. desperate for something to work. And like I say, you, you, you're jeopardising the chance of any partnerships that you need, but at the same time, if you're desperate for something to work and you do nothing, you just look like a dead man walking, completely ineffective. We'll go back to last February. He was saying then, we were making changes every week, because that's what he does, he makes changes. And then he could even quote Alex Ferguson, didn't he? Yeah, like last but, season. I, but then, see, this well, is you the need thing. to learn from it. No, he's no, not doing. Nobody questions it when you when you're getting the results. I, when but Kevin people were last Kevin season. Picked, yeah, well, they did to yeah. be fair. I mean, yeah. how many team selections are I said? Where's he picked that from? Mm. Remember, we went QPR and we played pretty well. But uh, that's what he's saying. Well, maybe he does know what he's doing, but I think that's turned out to be an absolute fluke. Kevin Kevin Peterson was flogging his butt last week, and there was all this kind of ui going on week before. And Alex Stewart said, he said, it's as daft as this. When we used to do the press conferences after a game of cricket, after a test match, if Mike Allerton hadn't had a shave and we'd been beat, he'd get slated for his unprofessional attitude and, and looking scruffy. He said, if we'd won, nobody even noticed. Mm. He said, it's as simple as that. It's There's a difference between having a shave and making four no, changes. No, but, but it, it's... <laughs> Everything is viewed in the context of the result that it achieves. Well, and you and can do. We're not getting any results, are we? Well, three, we're getting draws. You can make three changes for all the right reasons, <clears throat> and yet it doesn't work. And then suddenly, everybody's that's a lot of shite. Why have you made <coughs> three changes? Because the reasons were right. You know, Perch not playing on Saturday. I'm sat there thinking, why's Perch, what's, why's Perch been dropped? What's going on here? And then you hear that he's a bit tired because he's had a baby and. So Bernier gets the chance, but but that's a genuine reason. You know, I, you look at the time when when got. I'll, I'll, yeah, we've I'll said open, this before. I'll open the subject. Yeah, we've said it. But yeah. I wasn't going to mention Figgy yet. Before we go on to that, <coughs> I want to mention um, Roger Espinosa. Yesterday on the BBC, Uwe Rosler was interviewed and he was asked about Roger Espinosa, and he says Roger's come to me twice, wanted to leave the club. He wanted to go back to Kansas. 
I think after the after he came back from the World Cup, he struggled to find an appetite for football. His family's in the States. It's very difficult. I have never dealt with a player who has been at a World Cup, and I also think for Roger it was a new experience. He came back and he wanted to go to Kansas. He's homesick. No. What a strange time to yeah. come out with this. The day of a game. Oh. It's strange that he would <coughs> be coming home sick now after all this time at the club. How long Second has he been for? Secondly, I think the point you I think the point Does that sound like is he putting it over that this was done in summer? Would you say? That's what he's <coughs> alluding to. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't. This was ten days ago that Roger Espinosa went knocking on, on his door asking Can I go to Kansas? I think Roger Espinosa had every right to go and ask, can he go? Because he's not playing football. He's sat on his well, backside. He's not even going on the sc- in, on the on the bench, is he? No, recently. Not uh, apart from last night. Uh, but uh, you, you look at a man that's gone from winning the FA Cup final. Mm. I have to get that in. Um, <coughs> to can't even get in the team. Play in the team that's playing at the yeah, bottom so, end of the so championship. Playing, so playing in World Cup fans, and I think that line itself, which says, "I am not used to yeah. to managing World Cup players." Well, there was, some, there was a bit of reaction last night on Twitter, and I, and I thought it was a bit self self condemning. That it, mm. I, I didn't like it. It wasn't. It was about Roger Espinosa. Somebody somebody tweeted that Roger Espinosa is akin to having a Labrador locked up in a boot for nine hours and letting him go. That's how he plays football. But I'd sooner have that than what was actually out there, where the, there's no movement, there's no passion. At least it brings a bit of enthusiasm. Well, if we would have had. Another, if we'd not had, if, if that forced sub Ramis last night and he actually brought Espinosa on at the point he did and another striker well and the striker should I say I wouldn't have had a problem <laughs> with that substitution because it gives us it gives you that energy in the mm. field mm. and that passion and that yeah. fight just what we've been missing but when you're nil nil at home and you're using your last sub and you're taking a striker off and bringing a midfielder on it, it just goes to show I think it He's lost the plot. Uwe Rosler talks a fantastic game. When he speaks about football, you, you want to listen to it. If, I, I thought, you know, his philosophy sounds brilliant. And then we've never seen anything like it. We said we're going to be, we're going to be playing like this in this way, or this is what we want to be playing. And I think uh, I think he's just gone to pop me. I think he's lost it. Gareth. Apparently after the Brentford game, Uwe Rosler was quoted as saying, I would like to highlight the fact that our players could have easily given up in the second half, but they didn't. I very reassuring. Well, that, 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 no, that's not what you See, it depends which way you look at that. That, that You could look at that and think, whatever you want. Because one, one way of looking at that is, they know they're right up against it at this point, but yet they're still cracking up. They know they're up against it. You know, the expectation was that, that we were three from the top, not three from the bloody bottom. It must be, it must be, as, as a place to work, under that sort of pressure, it must be a shit place to work. Right, we're going to move on in a moment because we're expecting a phone call uh, from, from a guy from Derby who's going to join us in the studio. Steve McLaren? Steve McLaren, you know He's coming to it again. He's that new yeah. manager. Yeah. Well, before we do move on, uh, I'd just like to get consensus around the table about where we stand on Uwe Rosler, whether we think he should be given some more time, whether we think he's doing a decent job and he's just been misfortunate, or whether we think he's, he's had his shot and it's time to go. So I'd just like to say that. I mean, if you want me to start, I'm, I'll start. Right, okay then, I'll start. I'll start um, if you want me to. Well, go on then, you start. <laughs> well, I'm kind of torn, but I'm going to try and fall on... I don't know, I really don't know. Because I kind of think that if you sack Rosler right now, then the time it's going to take to bring somebody else in, etc., is going to be, you might as well write off the season and just settle for mid-table. <sighs> Dookie Freeman's available. Right, I'm available. <laughs> On that note, Dan, what I'd say is um, sack him uh, because the way we're going and the way things are going, uh, the season's written off anywhere, and we're in danger of, of being dragged in, seriously dragged in, in into into relegation. Uh, we've got Derby County on Saturday, mm-hmm. who we've just mentioned. If if we lose that game, which I think 
you know, we, we, we've got every chance to do it. And uh, Fulham and Birmingham, who both played so and get a win, we're in the bottom three. We're mm. in the bottom three with Fulham to come and Bolton the week after. It's a good, two tough fixtures though. So I'd say, I'd suck in there and cut our losses. Mm. I don't know, I've got the feeling that it's kind of a quick fix sort of thing. No, it will. I, I don't think, he might be a good manager. He might be, he might be brilliant for some, some club, but it's not going to work up with an athletic. It's not going to work. Get rid of him. Gareth. One good performance, 30th of August, Wigan 4, Birmingham 0. Out of 13. Sack him. Because you're worried about the changeover in personnel. Let's have a look at Southampton. How many changes in personnel were there during the summer? They don't seem to be doing so bad. No. And you know what? On Saturday, Sunderland had more possession than Southampton. Right. <laughs> so Gomez was playing for 60 yeah, minutes. Yeah, well, it's all I mean, says. It's uh, one of them things, in it? If you sack him, who do you replace him with? Now, for me, that's not an issue. I won't even look at that. You know, I'm just going to go on the basis of what I've been seeing with my own eyes the past 30 games and I think I've only missed about four or five of those and it's been utter it's just been it's been horror show at times really isn't it and I want him gone I'm not going to sit on the fence on this one I, I'm, I don't think it's uh, what we deserve we deserve a lot better than four or five <coughs> nil nils in the past seven games Paul I'm, I'm jumping on, on the, sorry go on Paul go on mate well I was just going to say I am, I am jumping on the fence Oh. And I am jumping back on the fence with a big splinter right up my ass. Um, I think we should hold on. But I think obviously it's the chairman's call. If he's going to make a big decision, then he's going to have to make it this side of Christmas. And he's got to spend some time making sure he'll get the right fellow. Because it seems as though we've had, ever since Martinez, we've had just a Norris show down here. And uh, I'm sorry, but I'm a season ticket holder. I'm. I'm, I'm due better than, the, than what we're getting. So either he, he backs Rosler and he backs him with some brass in the uh, new transfer window, or he gets rid of him and gets somebody in who can actually do, first of all, a job with these guys who we've got. But then again, why don't we get rid of them all? Let's just get rid of them all. Because I, yeah. I don't even think the players are doing uh, themselves credit. Harry Redknapp management's not going to work for anybody, is it? Oh, let's just need to bring a few more in and we'll be alright. Yeah, well, this don't is work, it. Like. The, the worrying thing is, is he's going to be available in a bit as well, and I don't want him coming up now. Yeah. Right, go on, Paul. I, I think the fact that you've put four points on the board, and, and, and I know it's not enough points for where we want to be, but it's I think it's enough to keep him holding on by his fingertips. But, you know, only just. I'm not, you know, I'm not sat here under any illusion that it's been great football. I'm not sat here under any illusion that it's enough. But... It's something, and and, it, and if it is, as I think it is, part confidence based, the fact that you've gone four games unbeaten starts to give you a, just a little bit of belief and a little bit of confidence and something to build on. Is this that clutching the straw segment that you were telling yeah, me? It is the clutching straw. We've not we've <laughs> three home games we've, in them four. We've not we've not scored a goal in our last three home games, Paul. <laughs> yeah, but it is the clutching the straws. <laughs> Definitely. If, is. if, if, if well, you give him the next two games, which is top of the league. And bottom of the league, and see what happens there. And if he loses yeah. both, well, then I'm sorry, yes. Football's a funny old game. He could he could pick up six points in the next two games. <laughs> well, you know, I, hang on, hang on. Phone's ringing, so we're going to have to cut in. Uh, we've got uh, Joel joining us from Ramsview, and before just before we, we go to the, the phone, uh, we're pretty split, I'd say here. There's three definites get short, and three splinters getting three splinters. sitting on the fence. <laughs> right. Right, uh, on the line we've got uh, Joel from Ramsview over in Derby who's joining us this evening and we're going to do a preview of Saturday's game. How are you doing, Joel? I'm doing well, thank you, mate. Very well indeed. I bet you are sitting top of the league. Sitting up high. Got nosebleeds up here. Yeah. Um, I believe you've had a... Is it a nine-point swing since the last played Forest? Yeah, nine points. And uh, at one point in that it was... 12 points because they were they were a goal to the good against us so yeah we'll say 12 points because it makes us look a lot better <laughs> <laughs> good stuff so how, how, how have you been playing this season under McLaren is it uh, exciting football like last season uh, to be honest it's, it's not as good as it was uh, last season uh, it's, it's taken us a while to kind of get over 
Wembley, so to speak. But up until the to the first international break, we we were grinding a lot of uh, a lot of the points out, a lot of the games out, um, and then sort of after that we started to pick up. Um, and we've kind of um, just, I, I guess, just kind of won. We've not particularly played uh, that well, but we've uh, we've managed to managed to grind some uh, the wins out and. Yeah, somehow we sat top of the table, but we're doing we're doing okay. We're not doing badly at all. You're saying, Joel, that uh, you're grinding results out and you're doing okay. Can't be doing too bad. You've won four of the last six and drawn the other two, so uh, things are looking up. Yeah, they're they're, they're looking good. Um, I think uh, in terms of last season, we got used to playing um, some uh, outstanding football, but in terms of this season, teams have sort of cottoned on to how we play uh, and have, uh, have a lot of the time just come to frustrate and sat, uh, sat teams uh, sat their teams behind the ball uh, and waited for us to break them down instead of giving us the space that we were given uh, last season which was uh, which was when we were playing uh, the, the good football so to speak but yeah we're, we're doing well we're, we're learning as we go on uh, we've made a few new signings and we're they're all kind of starting to gel now, um, and you know, like we've not hit top form, but you know, we're still, we're still uh, hit top spot. So there's not, there's nothing to complain about, really. Yeah, well, there is from our point of view because you've got a manager. <laughs> now, if we cast our minds back to not this summer, the summer before, it was a two, apparently a two-horse race between Steve McLaren, the odds-on favourite, and Owen. We'll not mention that word, Coyle. And unfortunately, Owen Coyle got the job. And he only, he only lasted a matter of uh, weeks, really, before he got sacked. Um, obviously, McLaren came to Derby and things have taken off for you. Uh, so, a little bit jealous, if, if I'm being honest. And also, I had a bet on Steve McLaren becoming the next boss of Wigan Athletic, so I'm, I'm quite peeved about that, if I'm being honest. How were the fans taken to him? Uh, they're taken well to him, obviously. I mean... We, last season was probably, um, I think, it's our most successful season since the year that we uh, got promoted, and it's been a long time coming. I think it's been about five or six years since since that season. Uh, there was a lot of um, anger really when when Clough was sacked, uh, especially after losing to Forest, given the name and the history. Um, and there was always a feeling that Clough was never really backed by the board. Uh, he never really had much money to spend. He was always sort of cutting the wage bill. And get, getting rid of the dross that Paul Jewell had decided to bring in. Um, oh, carry on, steady on, old chap. <laughs> Same Paul Jewell, don't forget. Same Paul Jewell. Are you uh, are you editing that bit out? Or? No, 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 Heck no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, he wasn't too great with this. Uh, well, I'll move on. Um, yeah, so McLaren came in, uh, and in the first game that he. He, he was unofficially managing. He wasn't actually in charge technically at the time. We were we were four one down to uh, to Ipswich at the time, and uh, he came in. Uh, he went down at half time, sorted a few things out, and we ended up drawing four all. And that was kind of the way that the season went last season. Um, he's, he's got a lot of history with us. He was he was with us when Jim Smith was in charge. Um, he was his assistant uh, in the for the '96 campaign when we went up and had all of our <coughs> outstanding players from the uh, not so distant past. And ex-player uh, as well. well ex-player as well, isn't he? Ex-derby player. Uh, he is. Yeah. yeah. He's he's um, got many links to the club, uh, and it's something really that we've all bought into. I think for me personally, it wasn't really until Clough had gone that I realised how stale it had become. Um, and McLaren came in and kind of rejuvenated the whole club and the uh, and the whole city really. So I've got absolutely no complaints. I'm delighted that he's doing well because he's had a he's had a he's had a tough time uh, throughout his career, especially with England. He didn't do particularly well with Forest, but it's easy to forget the success that he's had. I mean, he took he took um, Middlesbrough to Europe, uh, won a cup with them. And then won the uh, won the Dutch first division with twenty. So he's uh, he's got a good pedigree, and I'm obviously delighted that he's with us and he's uh, and he's doing well. Yeah, hi, Joel. It's Rob here. Um, I'm a massive fan of Will Hughes, uh, your main man in midfielder. I think his use of the ball is excellent. Spatial awareness is brilliant. Uh, 
you know, it can dictate the tempo of games. How's he been performing this season? Uh, he's been outstanding. Um, of, as soon as Hughes started playing for us, you could tell that he was he was a special talent. He he played the first game he played was um, when he was uh, when he was 16 in one of the final games of the season against um, against Peterborough, uh, and he he started on the right in that, and uh, he he was sensational. He was going past players, and you thought, you know, we've got a player here, uh, and he's carried on. He played for Clough, and he's. Obviously, still playing with McLaren, and he's um, he's played over a hundred games. He recently played over a hundred games, um, and he's he's just been brilliant. He's really found a good level of consistency, uh, and he's starting to dictate matches, which is which is brilliant to see as a fan. Um, it's just great to watch like a kid come through your academy, uh, have that much class, and now he's got this confidence and belief in his in his own ability, and the, the team have responded to that. Um, and yeah, he's just a terrific player. I'm, I'm delighted he's still with us. I mean, come the end of the season, if we don't go up, then he'll be in the Premier League, no question. Joel, hi, it's Dan. Hello. Hi, mate. All right. How are you doing? Good to see you, guys. thank you. That was weird. You answered me before I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's the connection, I think. I'm doing, I'm doing well, thanks, Dan. Nostradamus, Nostradamus. So, Barry said there about McLaren and I think it is a bit of a case of let's see what you what you could have won with him and you currently sit top of the table we sit I think four or five maybe six from bottom do you have any advice or perhaps you could lend us some of your goal difference so we can cl- claw back some of the lost points uh, you can have Leo Best if you want him <laughs> we'll take that we'll take anybody right now uh, if I have any advice for you uh Sort the defence out, start at the back and then go from there. If you don't win games if you can see, that'd be my advice for it. We've got a few thumbs up over here about that. I think well, someone got, agrees with you. We've, got, we've had three clean sheets at home in the last three home games, so I don't think we've uh, much problem there in the back four. Hi, uh, Joel, it's Mick here. Um, Hi, mate. Last season, obviously, you finished on a, a, a high with your position in the league. But there was that big, massive uh, setback when you lost in the final playoff at uh, Wembley. How much do you think that has played on the minds of the players this year to motivate them into actually trying to gain an automatic um, promotion place? Um, it obviously has to an extent, but it's taken a while to kind of get over it, uh, and that's that's from the fans' point of view as well as the players. Um, I think. Obviously, the success of last season was tremendous, and the loss was as heartbreaking as it can get. Because I think most fans realised that we should have won that match, and yeah, we, we were very, very unfortunate. We were the better side, but you know, we lost, and uh, you got to pick yourself back up. And I think it took the fans a while to sort of get over it. I think we went into the season uh, thinking that we'd just kind of walk over teams, and I guess it was a bit of, an, a bit of arrogance from the fans. Uh, Expecting that, given the football that we played last season, um, but like I said at the start, um, it was up until about the first international break we sort of we weren't we weren't playing particularly well. We were the passing wasn't great, and we struggled in in many games. We we with the exception of the game in which we beat Fulham five 0 where they were absolutely dreadful, uh, we were grinding out um, the wins and not playing like I said overly well. Um, since that international break we've really sort of uh, gathered together and we've really really pushed on and I think it was sort of a, a period of realisation that we don't have a, have a given right to just walk this division um, and I think that's, that's kind of got through to the players and to the fans uh, and sort of since then we've, we've gone on and we've obviously become a lot stronger and we've done, we've done well uh, to be where we are uh, in terms of motivation, obviously it's motivated us. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think well, obviously everybody was heartbroken the way it ended. I mean, I'd much rather have gone out in the semi-finals than to lose in the last minute. No, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would, believe me. <laughs> I think the position QPR are currently in helps you, though, doesn't it, slightly to get over it? Well, yeah, it, it makes me happy that they're kind of stinking the Premier League up. That doesn't me up slightly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was gutting, but... You know, we're, we're a lot stronger now in terms of we've got another year's worth of experience. So, given that we get promoted this year, I think it will serve us well in the long run. 
have, have you managed to keep a settled side um, since the international break? By that I mean using the same players, roughly same positions, etc., etc. Um, yeah, to, to an extent. I mean, if, you, if you'd asked me that on Monday, I'd have said yes. But last night he made five changes, which is, uh, I think, the most uh, most changes he's made since he's uh, since he's been been at the club. Um, but we've, we have kept a relatively settled side, with the exception uh, of the centre halves, in which we've rotated uh, we've rotated one centre half uh, each game, pretty much. Um, the midfield stayed the same. We've been relatively fortunate with injuries up until this past week in which we lost a goalkeeper uh, Lee Grant and Jamie Ward on the wing um, so we've been quite fortunate in that sense but well, you've, brought a good, you've brought a good replacement <laughs> in, in Jack Butland though haven't you yeah I was delighted with that he's um, <coughs> well, we've actually got a um, we've got a young, ke- a young goalkeeper a Dutch goalkeeper who's pretty talented and many were quite surprised that he wasn't given a run in the team but given that uh, Butland's had over 100 league appearances and that he's only 21 it's a it's a smart signing uh, for the next month so yeah, so, we, we, sorry about to... laughing then I started to laugh because all I could think about was uh, Steve McLaren would probably be able to communicate communicate <laughs> quite well with the Dutch goalkeeper wouldn't he <laughs> we can all speak Dutch <laughs> yes I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no we, we've kept a settled side and um yeah, it's uh, it's worked well for us so far. Good stuff. Uh, uh, what's the um, what's the crowd been like? What are you looking for on Saturday? Is it going to be a full house? Uh, it won't be a full house. We'll be, I'd imagine, it'll be just under thirty. So probably look about twenty nine thousand, twenty eight, twenty nine thousand. What's the atmosphere like? I, I mean, I, well, I've been doing to Pride Park as it was then. I've not been since uh, last. I didn't come last season, but. Uh, it was one of the best grounds that I've visited, if I'm being honest. I really did enjoy my time there, and we did win, thanks to an Antoine Sibiuski, Sibiuski uh, late goal. But even without that, it was still a, it was still a nice place to come, um, and it was a good atmosphere. Is the atmosphere still still good? Yeah, um, I mean, this season we made a, the club made a conscious effort to to move uh, the sort of singing section, so to speak, behind the goal. Uh, before it was sat in a corner and the away fans were behind the goal and they made most of the noise uh, the past few years the atmosphere has been pretty dead uh, to be fair but I think that was sort of given to the football that, that was being played so we've moved the fans behind the goal and the atmosphere has been uh, been terrific so hopefully you'll hear the derby roar this uh, this weekend yeah. hopefully not uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's your predicted lineup? Um, well, we'll have uh, Butland in goal, uh, Christie at fullback, Keogh and Whitbread at centre half with Craig Forsyth at fullback. John Eustace will be holding in midfield, and I think Bryson and Hughes will be uh, the two in centre midfield. Uh, it'll be Johnny Russell, Jordan Ivan, Chris Martin up front. That's how I'd imagine we'll play it. I'm feeling quite, uh, quite scared if I'm being honest. Yes. <laughs> very good midfield, that. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of the. I think we've got possibly the strongest midfield in the division, and we've uh, we lost George Thorne in the summer to a knee injury, who we signed from West Brom for a couple of million, who was outstanding uh, in the run up to the to the playoffs. So I think if he was there, then yeah, we'd probably have the best midfield in the division. So. Right. Relatively strong. Good stuff. And what's your prediction? Uh, I think a derby win, given the form that you're in, um, and obviously the form that we're in. I'd, I'd expect us to win, uh, possibly by a few goals. You know, you and your club could be responsible for the sacking of our manager. You do, <laughs> yeah. know, you do know that, don't you? <laughs> Again. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think we had uh, Dougie Friedman the other week as well, and. Uh, Felix McGat wasn't too far up when we beat them either. I think he had a few yep. games after. Yeah. And you, Owen Coyle last season as well. You did us with him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and Billy Davis as well, which was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah. We, we, yeah, we, we did acknowledge that one ourselves actually. So, uh, so listen, yeah. I don't want you to feel too bad if it does happen though, because you, as you've just alluded to, uh, Derby County have actually played a vital role in this sacking of quite a few managers <laughs> recently so don't worry about yeah. it oh I'm not worried as long as it gets us the win then that's fine <laughs> doing a good public service for everybody 
Well, is there anything you want to ask us, Joel, before we uh, before we, we knock it on the head? Uh, yeah, just uh, just your your thoughts on this Saturday's game. I know you were um, you're a bit unsure of your manager, shall we say? We're unsure of what team's going to bloody turn out too, because that's been swapping and changing every pigging game. It's a lack of a total lack of confidence. Eh? Uh, not not in the manager as such, but in the delivery of a performance across the manager, the team, the players, the club. We're, we're just on such a sort of performance confidence negative at the moment. It's I've never known it like this. We're awful, Joel. Absolutely awful. How does that happen though? Because I remember, I mean, in terms of Rossler, he was actually uh, you, you speak about as. Getting your manager in McLaren, he was actually second on our list to uh, to replace Clough, obviously with the exception of McLaren. And he seemed to do well at Brentford, and he obviously got you into the playoffs last season. And I actually, you were actually the side that I was fearing we'd get at yeah. Wembley should should we have made it. So what what's gone wrong, so to speak? We've lost our midfield. We've lost our midfield. We've got two key players still injured. However, they might make a comeback. Will, will you tell that person on the bike to go somewhere else? Uh, <laughs> I think what went wrong with the playoffs last season is that QPR's name was on that playoff trophy from the outset. Nobody could have beaten yeah, there was a there was a penalty red card that should, we should have had. There was certainly a penalty um, with uh, Caden bundled over in the box that wasn't given, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, as far as green, definitely. As far as Rosler goes, we just I mean if we look at some of the stats, his first his his first twenty four games he won sixteen and, and lost three. Of his last twenty seven games he's only won five and lost twelve. So the impetus that he brought with him when he first came has has definitely died a death and he's struggling to find anything now. Um he's rotating a lot. Players can't seem to build any partnerships on the field. Um, there's quite a few players lacking in form. Uh, they don't seem to have any direction either. And I agree with both Dan, what Dan and Mick said. Our midfield's been lost. We had uh, exceptional midfield last season with Gomez, Borsagur, uh, James MacArthur. That penetration, that creativity, which has been a, a mainstay for three or four seasons at the club, the same players we've, we've lost, and it really has affected us. We don't look important at all going forward. And McManaman seems to be off his game as well. So you're struggling with the, with the injuries and the rotation. There's no partnerships on the pitch or or anything like that. I don't think it's necessarily the injuries. It's just getting the right formula to score the goals at the moment. Because there's only right. a couple of big injuries that I can think of, and those are McCann and Watson, who you may remember scoring the winning goal in the 2013 FA Cup final. Joel, <laughs> Joel, have a yeah. mention, we won the FA Cup in 2013. I think it was about the fourth time you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people said we should have just folded after that. We tend to agree a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we got relegated <laughs> two days later as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Cup win over relegation without a doubt. Yeah, here, yeah, here, here, here. The Millwall supporters were singing a good song the other night. You won the cup and you it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I thought was quite quite funny. It tickled me though. Well, you could hear them. Yeah, yeah, I could hear, could hear them. The cockney, cheeky cockney chappies, aren't they? That's because we beat them in the semi final, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Anyway, um, John, John's a prediction of us. Uh, yeah, I want a, a prediction in terms of the scoreline, and I want a prediction in terms of whether Rossler will be there come Monday. Right, well, I'll start off. Um, 3 0 Derby? No. Gareth? Well, we're eight games without a win, so we're due one. <laughs> but, but, well, I can't honestly see this. I'm going for 1 1. We think we'll make a draw. Mm. Will Rosler be there? That's I won't be sacking. Right, there you go. <laughs> no. Rob? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough game. You're obviously top of the league. Uh, you score goals, you're decent at the back. Uh, we, we we would score last night if we were still playing now. I'm going for a 2-0 comfortable win for Derby with us not having a shot on target. And Rosler will get the all of November to turn it round and Whelan will eventually sack him in December. Paul? 
Um, I'll keep it short and simple. One one. Yes. Oh. Uh-huh. Mick. Well, I think the, you're riding high. Your confidence is up. Um, you've got a good team. You've got a settled team. I think we're going to thrash you three 0 <laughs> he always says that he say it's a funny old game no, yeah. every yeah. week he says that and probably Holton flipping Petunia no, the goals. yeah but our best player our best player in some games in the last two games has been Fortuna <laughs> yeah so that I'm is sorry, true but, you know, that is true bring back Holtz that's what I say well I have a funny feeling we're going to get absolutely tonked and that's going to accelerate the second of Mr Uwe Rosler but I'm hoping for an extremely positive Nil-nil draw. <laughs> Alright, is that, is that everyone? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one last thing I'd just like to say before we wrap up. Um, if you can get hold of the guy that rang Robbie Savage up on Saturday night, just say thank you. Because I, 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 um, I didn't hear it, but I read it and it was hilarious. I've not seen that, what's this? Um, Robbie, you know Sunderland got absolutely battered? Yeah. Robbie Savage was on his phone in saying... Uh, you know, they're a lot of rubbish and they should, the Sunderland players should pay the players for travelling travelling because it's an embarrassment and, and apparently he was giving it quite a bit and then some guy rang up and said uh, I was a season ticket holder when you were Derby captain in the worst team in the Premiership I'm just ringing up for my refund Fantastic <laughs> 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 Thanks a lot for uh, saying your piece, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I, I hope we get the three points on Saturday. <laughs> well, I hope we get. I hope Rosal's still in charge on Monday, and I hope we got the three points. But I do say it's. I do say. All right, mate. Cheers, Joel. Nice Thank you. Thank All you. Right, you. Right, see you later. Bye. Bye. Right, He's a nice lad, Joel. Good. Yes, yeah. Good chance. Quite interesting. Banter. Quite interesting. And he, uh, I'm not quite worried about Saturday, but anyway. So we've had a good, I think we've had a good session tonight, it's been good, we've had, uh, got a few things off our chest, would we agree? Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I've got a cold. Yeah, yeah, I've still got a bit on my yeah. cold. But, uh, get him on side. Yeah, I think the uh, the, the next uh, seven days, when we come back here, when we reconvene in seven days' time, it's, uh, you know, we're rather going to be... Yeah. Still feeling like this. Oh, suicidal. Oh, suicidal. <laughs> we said that last hey, week. It's going to be normal. Yeah. And on that note, it's a good night from me. Good night, good night. Good night. <laughs> Oh, why?